Welcome to the COVID Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Hamdan Dar, here with my co-host, Nathan. And today we have a special guest, Dr. Sam. So, Dr. Sam, could you please introduce yourself with your role in this COVID-19 pandemic and also about the job that you do in trying to prevent this pandemic? Yeah, so... uh... I am a clinical professor at School of Medicine uh, at Stanford uh, uh, University here in California. Uh, and also uh, I practice uh, primary care medicine and HIV medicine in California. So uh, as far as my role, uh, I, I teach uh, medical students and PA students uh, regarding uh, COVID-19 pandemic and also I uh, I take care of patients who are suspected, you know, with uh, COVID-19. Okay. Um, uh, as you've said, you take care of the patients that um, um, have the, like, uh, test positive for COVID-19. And um, what we did was we created a Google form and we asked, um, we put it on our Instagram, we put it in our school WhatsApp groups, and we asked um, the public what would they like to ask a, a professional doctor uh, uh, questions about the coronavirus. And one of the first questions were, how are you personally coping with the coronavirus effects in terms of your mental health? Like, how do you keep yourself strong while seeing such huge numbers infected? Uh, and there are many in intensive care. So what do you do um, to fight through this mental barrier? That's an excellent question. And thank you for asking that question. So, you know, one of the reasons that I have chosen to practice medicine, that's my calling. And uh, so when there is a problem like this, we have to be a part of the solution. You know, that is what, uh, we as healthcare workers do and uh, there are many more uh, in my team they have the same mindset so uh, obviously we know that we we are at risk we are on the front line and then there is a very good chance that we can contract the but uh, we will do our best uh, under the circumstances uh, uh, you know uh, as far as uh, uh, mental health, one of the challenges that I have, uh, my family, my family is very concerned when I go to work uh, because they know that uh, I will be handling some uh, COVID-19 suspected cases. So uh, when I when I go to work in the morning, uh, they have this look on their face. You know, Dad, I have two children my daughter and my son, uh, you know, they have this look on their faces, you know, whether you're going to be okay. And then, you know, I, I have to uh, show them that I'm strong. And uh, so I try to be strong for them. I don't uh, show that, you know, I'm uh, nervous about going to work. Uh, but uh, inside me, I know there is a risk involved uh, the line of work I do. And then, you know, in addition to uh, my children, you know, obviously my wife, you know, she's very concerned. So we try our best um, as healthcare workers, uh, as clinicians, you know, to protect uh, the pandemic and when taking care of these patients. 
but you know um, there are some times uh, that uh, it is uh, it is uh, uh, you know we have some anxiousness uh, how, as far as our line of work yeah um uh, and we salute you for that absolutely you're going into work um in in this dangerous time and helping people and um you know one of the things that the doctors tell us to do is um stay at home and there's many there's been many measures implemented by different governments across the world but why do you think the number of covid-19 cases continue to increase i think i think when you look at those numbers um uh, for example let me let me give one example between germany and italy okay so those both those countries are european so germany uh, they took this very seriously at the beginning and also they had they had very effective leadership and they really enforce you know the fact that you know social distancing is going to make a big difference so as a result when you look at numbers in germany the numbers are low and then on the other hand uh, when you look at numbers like in uh, italy uh, spain numbers are very high because uh, i i think they realize the seriousness a little bit later of the game so you can see social distancing uh, has been very effective and uh, and 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 the other thing is that was the only only uh, solution we had for this uh, novel coronavirus you know we didn't, we don't have vaccine we don't have antiviral medication and uh, we don't have uh, you know we don't have any treatments so you know Uh, by staying at home that is actually the only uh, most effective solution we have and if uh, so as far as your question i challenge you that if we didn't do that we are going to see many more cases than what we currently see so staying at home is something actually has been very effective it would have been much worse if we didn't do that So I completely agree with the fact that the world is doing a pretty good job at maintaining the virus and you also said that there is no current cure but why do you think that it's so difficult for for a cure or a vaccine to be administered at the moment You know this is a novel virus meaning uh, nobody knows nobody knows uh, anything about this virus you know that's what novel virus means so this is a uh, virus that we all have to start learning by doing research uh, so it is not really surprising um, that virus like this doesn't have any vaccine or treatment at this point uh, but what i can tell you is that um, there are lots of information out there uh, it's very encouraging for example um, i know we don't have a vaccine right now but uh, at at this point there are like 100 clinical trials you know going forward some you know promising signs and obviously you know we are doing everything to expedite uh, to find a vaccine and uh, i am very optimistic that we might be able to have a vaccine by by december or maybe by spring uh, next year 
so uh, so it's going forward and then as far as you know um, antiviral medication there are a lot of clinical trials happening at the time uh, so um, we already have found one antiviral medication called Rem- and uh, that's promising and it is not the it is not the solution yet but uh, that's a good starting point so uh, i'm very optimistic we are we will be able to do some modification and uh, and find a antiviral medication for this as the time goes so yes i agree with the fact that it was a novel virus and it, doctors and any researchers find it extremely difficult to find cures however how does this like differ to past pandemics and epidemics such as the spanish flu and the, the severe acute re, uh, respiratory syndrome the sars virus yeah excellent question i think uh, let me uh, for the time that we have for the limited time we have let me give you a comparison between spanish flu versus you know covid-19 uh, spanish why that was h1n1 virus and then this is actually covid-19 it's a sars virus too uh, so if you look at the numbers uh, 100 years at the spanish flu and then we had about uh, 500 million people were affected by that and then uh, 50 million people uh, you know approximately died from the spanish flu so right now when you look at the covid-19 we have about uh, 406 million uh, actually 4.6 million a uh, little over 4 uh, 4 million and uh, then you know we have about uh, 312000 uh, deaths from that um, little over 300000 so you know this is just the starting as far as covid-19 uh, so compared to spanish flu the numbers for spanish flu is much much higher and then you know when you look at the when you look at the differences um uh, in 1918 the spanish flu time there was no any antibiotic we were able to use for secondary uh, infection Uh, keep in mind this is a virus so antibiotic is not going to directly do anything for the virus but antibiotics sometimes you know can help a patients for secondary infections so now with coronavirus we have antibiotic to use for secondary infections and uh, spanish flu you know we didn't have that uh, available and and when you look at coronavirus uh, you can see most of the people who are affected by this you know they are ages uh, 65 and older and then most of them have underlying conditions and spanish flu uh, actually uh, surprisingly uh, mostly affected by the age ages uh, 20 to 40 so that's a big difference uh, between the two um, and then you know when you look at the timing uh, spanish flu time you know uh, the hygiene was very uh, low compared to nowadays and then Uh, there were lots of places with with uh, crowded conditions uh, now uh, with coronavirus it's different obviously we have different challenges now you know lots of people uh, world has become a smaller place and as you can uh, as you probably know uh, more than 
thousand flights uh, fly every day and million passengers so world has become a very small place so so there is a very high chance for transmission because of that so they they are very different times um, and then um, uh, you know um, there there are some differences between those two yeah absolutely um we agree learning from our past mistakes and you know modern day medicine and modern day technology to look at the mistakes we did before and fix them um so thinking about that um viruses do sometimes re- relapse so do you think after the pandemic is done and the curve is flattened and uh, lockdowns and quarantines are bans are lifted do you think that there's a likely chance for the novel coronavirus to make a reappearance sometime in the future uh i would say almost certainly we are going to see this coming back uh, within the coming months uh, you know even after this is over there is a really um, high probability we have according to the available information we have that uh, it will be back in the uh, in the fall again unfortunately uh, but uh, but the you know the good news is that we already have been you know preparing for this so next time when it comes back uh we have some tools already available uh, to fight this infection so uh hopefully uh, we will have antiviral uh, medication by that time and then uh, you know we may not have the vaccine yet but we might be very close to that uh so so the, yeah to answer your question there is a really good chance that it will be back well thank you so much dr sam for your time we know you're you're professor in arguably one of the best universities in the world and you've taken the time to talk to us about uh, the current situation in the world and we we are forever grateful and um thank you for joining us uh, and helping spread information to the world Yes and uh, thank you for the opportunity and and then I want you as young young generation I want you to be very uh, optimistic about what we are facing right now I know it's a difficult time for all of all of you and everyone in the world but uh, you know let's be optimistic and there are 100 different cli- clinical trials happening to you know find a medication and then uh, f- to find a a vaccine and then uh, you know some countries have actually done very well um, containing this including uh, qatar actually qatar i was surprised to see their numbers they are doing very well uh, compared to some other countries in the world so uh, uh, so i'm i'm very hopeful that uh, things will uh, uh, get better as the time goes uh thank you dr sam and uh, once again we thank you so much for coming on our podcast all right you're very welcome and take care of yourself okay thank you